0: As our final episode of this season, what better than to talk about health insurance? Health insurance is about as confusing as things can get. It's not uncommon for someone to have it just because, without really knowing what it does or what it covers. If anything, it's just a big tax that takes a huge chunk out of our paychecks. What do we need to know about our insurance, and what can we do to strive to make it fair and affordable? Stay tuned. First, it's important to establish the basics of health insurance. The cost of health insurance is called a premium. Although it may sound like common sense, be sure to find out how much your premium is monthly and yearly. You might be surprised to find that, if you have health insurance through your job, for example, you might be losing a couple thousand dollars to over twenty thousand dollars in health insurance expenses. Secondly, are deductibles. A deductible means you must first pay a certain amount of money before your insurance starts financially assisting you. You also continue paying your monthly premium outside of this expense. More popular now than ever are high deductible plans. Usually, the premiums are lower for this kind of plan, but if you have a health issue, you may end up paying a lot more money for care without the help of insurance. When it comes to receiving certain types of care, be sure to find out what treatments actually contribute to your deductible. In other words, some care you receive might not subtract from your deductible, which means you might not ever hit the bar for your insurance to kick in. This happens a lot for folks who seek therapy or other psychological help. They assume that the expense will help them reach the maximum of their deductible so that their insurance kicks in, but it never happens. Thirdly are co-payments. A co-payment is the amount of money you have to pay to visit a doctor's office or get medicine. It's hard to know what your co-payment will be for your insurance plan. As Rosenthal indicates, a copay might be different for a specialist than a primary doctor. And if a drug is considered new or popular, it might cost more. Here at the clinic, we have encountered numerous patients who, after changing insurance due to something like a job change, could no longer afford their medication, which would now cost about $600 a month. With their previous insurance, the medication was completely covered. Next, and maybe you haven't heard much about this one It's called an out-of-pocket maximum this is the maximum amount of money you have to pay for your health care before insurance covers everything else for the rest of the year the same advice about deductibles we give here be sure you know what actually counts toward your deductible and out-of-pocket maximum or else you'll never reach it the book puts it best Treatment you considered necessary but was never approved by your insurer is unlikely to be counted. Those are some of the very main basics of your common health insurance. If you were to just look at it from a 50,000 foot perspective, the main thing to remember is, network is everything. If a doctor or specialist is not in your network, you tend to pay a lot higher prices without the help of insurance, and no money is subtracted from your deductible to get you to a place where insurance will start helping you. If your college-bound child is on your insurance but lives out of state, make sure doctor visits are in-network. If you spend some time traveling in another state, make sure you have some care in-network. You get the point. But there are a few other options to consider as health insurance. Don't forget that some good HMOs, health maintenance organizations, still exist. The book spends a good deal here explaining that, although HMOs seemed like a failed project on behalf of the Affordable Care Act, some actually survived and are now thriving. In fact, some have great results when it comes to preventive programs that help people lose weight, gain control over their addictive habits, and lead happier lives. Many times this is done before turning to medicinal treatments and or surgeries. And a last consideration and brief mention are nonprofit insurers. I like how the book points out that nonprofit insurers have no shareholders which means that none of the money they take in goes to investors. What do we really want from insurance? Well, the most obvious would be the cheaper costs all around. Even more, what if everything were just brought down to a more than affordable price and maintained across the whole spectrum of insurance? What if the cost of my treatment and medication were the same no matter what hospital or doctor I went to. It's sad that these obvious statements are no longer obvious. Outside of this obvious but not so obvious need, how about continuity of care? Wouldn't it be nice if, regardless of the hospital or doctor's office I visit, my information would be available to each provider? Or how about when I sign a contract with health insurance that offers me a list of providers Wouldn't it be nice if those providers actually had to be available to me the whole span of my contract? They can't just leave me hanging and say, oh well. Or how about, if there are no in-network options for me, then out-of-network options only charge me in-network fees. Rosenthal has a suggestion here that I find a little amusing too. She says, Directories should not be able to list meaningless categories to describe doctors and hospitals, such as in-network but not available, or not in-network for that procedure, or not taking new patients. After all, what good is it for health insurance to offer a plan of doctors and specialists that aren't really available to treat you? It seems like they're just showcasing what they have behind a shopping glass, but you can't actually have what you're looking at. And last but not least, and maybe this is just a pet peeve of mine, hospitals and clinics should really stop double-charging by making consultations one visit and then making actual treatment another visit. Overall, I hope our little review of Elizabeth Rosenthal's book has helped illuminate both the travesties and the potential behind healthcare and health insurance. I recommend you read the book. There's plenty of information that I wasn't able to cover. This book is called An American Sickness, how healthcare became big business and how you can take it back. One of our special hopes is that you feel more confident by being better informed about how healthcare works and doesn't work. Perhaps you've had a newfound appreciation for the dignity that each individual deserves when it comes to their care. After all, we're not just dealing with a health issue, this is a moral issue. We'll be moving on from here. Stay tuned for our next season which will take quite a different turn from what we've been talking about, but still as relevant as ever. Thanks for listening. Please take a moment to give the podcast a rating on iTunes, like, and subscribe.